Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. What you what you want? What you what you want? to the Lazy Geeks podcast here on the Lazy Geeks Network, podcast number 217, Maximum Effort. Mm. <laughs> I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. Uh, and these are the coolest news stories to us from the past week of April 10th, 2016. Um, but before we get into all of that, uh, I wanted to just uh, say, mostly out of like pride, that I finally have like a little recording studio like set up now. <laughs> Sexy looking too. <laughs> yeah, I took a picture of the mixer and the mic and like a, a audition in the background recording it. And I've been buying things piecemeal because you know here at the Lazy Geeks Network, we bought that life. <laughs> <laughs> but that broke life shit. <laughs> so um, I got the uh, the uh, Behringer uh, eight. 802 mixer uh and then i had a uh microphone that i actually that uh, heather had given me and then i had to go and then it then it just took me a while to just get find the right one that i wanted to do for the usb connection to hook up for the mixer to the computer so to record directly onto adobe and then you know all that shit so I was testing it out that night that I sent you that picture, and so you're, you're hearing me doing these little testing, and then in the background you're hearing the uh, the Force Awakens going on in the background. <laughs> as soon as he gets it to work, it's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm not even mad right now. Know, it's like, that that is fine with me. I'm okay with that right now. <laughs> but, uh, so... That's going to be cool. So it'll definitely be it. I'm going to be using it pretty much, you know, in house. So, you know, like uh, when Heather and I do our shows, we're going to pretty much use that setup. Or if Pat comes over, or if I bring Kyle back, you know, we're going to start using that whole setup. Um, outside of that, you know, using Skype. But next week, 
we should be able to get some good use out of it. Since Adam is coming to LA for what? 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 That's right. <laughs> LA better get ready. I'm probably. I'm just gonna be at Steve's house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my friend is uh, my other friend, not Steve. Is uh, that's more than coming... one? It's crazy. Right. <laughs> I have two. Um, he's uh, he's coming down there because he's he's trying to date my sister-in-law. Keyword is trying. So they're going to Six Flags, and uh, it's just an uphill battle. Like it's it's so funny because he is being successful, you know. Like she digs him, you know what I mean. But she's you know it's kind of a church girl, mm. so she moves a lot slower than he's used to. <laughs> Not to mention they live in different fucking states, you know. So well, it's how, like, what, yeah, because it's like I guess Lee is just that cute and that great. That he, it's worth his time, which is kind of impressive. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I give him props, you know, whatever, go for what you got to get, you know. <laughs> so we'll see. So, yeah, so Adam's going to be hitching that ride and uh, cruising right. over here. So we'll be doing the. Uh, cruising down the street. Six fall. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it'll be blared fucking straight out of Compton as you're rolling through. Just coming through. Man, I only give him a car. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be fucking walking up <laughs> with a Bluetooth speaker in my hand. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> oh man! But uh, yeah, so we'll actually be doing next week's show uh, live from LA. <laughs> live. So yeah, so you know we'll be doing that shit, sh- shooting the shit, probably dropping in a video game or two. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because like. Yeah, I got all the. Uh... But don't you have that Wii U though? I got the Wii, not the Wii U. Oh, I thought you had Wii U. No. Well, that's... get a Wii U real quick. <laughs> right quick, yeah. <laughs> See, what you can do is you can buy it, and then when I leave, return it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, because <laughs> you know, just be like, nah, kids didn't like it. You know. About that life. <laughs> they thought it was an X- they thought it was an Xbox, and then the X came off of it, and they were like, nah, we ain't having. Just it. go there and play the stupid parent. <laughs> oh, they want <laughs> this dude. When I was working at Best Buy, here's a quick story. This dude was like 26 because he, he gave me his ID because he's trying to return a PlayStation or something. <laughs> and he goes, oh, I need to return this. And I was like, why? He's like, well, I don't know much about games. Like he says it right off the bat, which is bullshit. Right. It's, it's, he said it a little too like you need to know this. <laughs> he's like, my kids wanted to play something called Halos or something. And I guess this one doesn't do it. I go, dude. Come on. <laughs> That's what I said. First of all, if you're 26, I don't care if you don't play video games. You know what Halo is. Right. Don't stop. Like, one, at least one of your friends plays Halo. Right. And he's just like, he kind of stares at me for a second. He's like, look, man, this PlayStation is whack. I'm trying to get that Xbox One. <laughs> I'm like, just be straight up. Don't right. give me bullshit. Yeah, like, this is going to make it any easier. Oh, oh, we wouldn't return it. But since your kids thought it was that, we'll return it. It's like, no. <laughs> you fucked up. Admit you fucked up, and then we go from there. Admit you fucked up so I can be funny. Right. And then be about your life. <laughs> you know? So, that's what it is. Oh, uh, that's funny. Uh, um, one little tidbit I wanted to touch on is... Um, so, Warner Brothers announced this week that uh, they were changing up two of their films. And it looks like Wonder Woman got pushed up two weeks. Wonder Woman! 
and uh, and their their adaptation of Jungle Book, which is the live action one. Well, there's the live action one for the one that Disney's thrown out there. Um, they're doing another one, but Andy. Oh, is it? Oh, I thought it was the same shit. No, it's a, it's a different one because you know they always have to have competing films, you know. Yeah, because uh, we can't have enough Jungle Books. Right. Exactly. Uh, the one that Andy Serkis is uh, doing got moved from October 6th of 2017 to October 19th, 2018. I'm going to be real, though. That trailer that's been going around for the new Jungle Book, I saw it when I watched Batman vs. Superman. So I think it's the Warner Brothers one. No, it's the Disney one. Well, whatever. It looked all right. Yeah. Like, I might catch it when it comes out on the Blu-ray. Yeah, because for me, it's like, I'm a big fan. But it's a Jungle Book, who cares? Right, but I'm a big fan of the animated one, you know? Yeah. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. And uh, I'm like, nah, I'm just not going to see that out of principle. Because you made a live-action version with the animals talking. It's like, fuck you. Just re-release the movie again. I don't have time for this shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't care if John Favreau directed it. Make a sequel mm -mm. to uh, uh, Cowboys versus Aliens, and then call it a day. <laughs> but uh, some people are like, some people have been uh, taken to the internet saying like, "Oh yeah, they pushed up uh, Wonder Woman two weeks." You know, they did that because you know she got a lot of uh, praise for uh, um, from the uh, from Batman versus Superman. I'm like, bitch, it's been two weeks. But you know what's funny is like, first of all, it's only two weeks. Right. That's nothing. Right. You know, they're just moving into another day. But even so, even if that was the case, even if they said, you know what, Wonder Woman's really tracking well with uh, with the fans, why don't we push it out a little bit? Why is it a bad thing? Yeah, it's I, I don't know. I really... Unless you're rushing it to make money, right? I mean, but it's, it's only it's, two weeks, <laughs> right? Exactly. I it's I'm not sure if it's still filming or if they finished filming yet. But uh, I mean, it's like it's yeah. I mean, it's two weeks. It's not a. It's not a big deal. If they were saying like, "Oh, they moved it up to like uh, March or January," well, here's here's a question: the original release date was anything else coming out on that date that they might not want to contend with? It's possible. I mean, that, that's usually why they move them around. Yeah, or whatever they had planned for that particular time wasn't, and then maybe the project that they were currently that there is a project that's like, "Oh, we'll we'll be done before then," and then they'll swap it. It could be as simple as the red carpet event had to be <laughs> moved two weeks because it's only two fucking weeks. It's not important. Right. If it was moved up like a few months, then you're like, okay, you know, what's what's really going on? You know what I mean? But I didn't even care. I read it. I was like, okay. <laughs> I changed the date of my calendar because I have all the DC and Marvel movies on my calendar. I just adjusted the date and. And moved kept, it moving, kept it moving. Kept it moving. Because I want to see that Wonder Woman flick. It looks good. Oh, By yeah. the way, that chick that plays Wonder Woman can get it. She was on um, Conan. And you know Conan's always flirting with the chicks that come on his show. Oh, yeah. In like an ultra creepy way. Yeah. Well, he was like, I was uh, trying to take you out for a drink. Blah, blah, blah. And she said in that cute little fucking accent of hers, she goes, um, well, I already have a husband, but I don't have a boyfriend yet. I was like, oh. Wonder Woman, my opinion. <laughs> yeah, she's she's fucking cool. I like her because she's she's real laid back. You know, she's not yeah. that like like Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie's hot. She's a good actress, whatever. But when she does an interview, it's like you're talking to the fucking Princess of Wales or something. <laughs> right. You know, Madonna started doing that too. It's like you're Madonna. Yeah, I, I need you to settle down. 
Uh, as we say, as uh, me and this other guy at work always say when somebody does that, we're like, sit down. <laughs> sit the fuck down. Oh, man. Uh, but big one that came out this week. Oh. The Rogue One trailer. Yeah, I saw that. Looks pretty good, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I saw <laughs> that meme that came out afterwards of like, Rogue One takes place right here. Not over here, so stop asking about where's Ray and Finn. <laughs> uh, looks pretty badass. I mean, I like the I like the concept. You know, you get to see before you know where they get the plans for the Death Star, and uh, definitely a lot more action. It's Gareth Edwards who directed uh, Godzilla, mm-hmm. and um, I can't remember the other movie he did before that got him the Godzilla job, but. Uh, it's looking pretty. It's looking pretty tight. I like the kind of diverse cast. Dude, fucking ninja dude, or like uh, martial arts dude, taking down those stormtroopers. Like, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be real here, and I know this is probably gonna piss people off. I'm a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit more excited for Rogue One than I was for the for uh, the Awakened movie for, for the Star Wars flick. Why? Because this one looks like it's more just fucking spaceship fucking battle shit going on you know just crazy action all the time which the other star wars movie had but the other star obviously the main star wars movie is a little more lofty with the with the philosophy of it all and stuff like that which is cool but not as cool when you just want to be just stupid with it you know what i mean well yeah and that's what these in-between movies are supposed to be one-offs yeah and uh and i was i remember when they announced rogue one i was like and they're like, yeah, it's going to be a standalone where it, and if you notice, it says Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's the, just a one off about what happens, uh, how the rebels got the plans for the uh, um, for the Death Star. There was one cool part in there uh, that only if you've like seen uh, the deleted scenes in the prequels, uh, Mon Matha, who was questioning the uh the the chick in the trailer who was uh, telling her about you know getting the plans and stuff like that mm-hmm. she was playing a younger version of a character that was used in return of the jedi the thing is is that it's the same actress that was used um when she filmed revenge of the revenge of the sith but it actually ended up getting cut and it's in the deleted scenes but gareth edwards decided that well, she played her once, so let's have her, you know, continue it as if it was part of canon. Right. Which I thought was kind of cool. It's like, it's like, oh, you, I, I played this character once in a deleted scene, but now you get to play her in the actual movie. So Yeah, it is kind of dope. And it's cool for the fans, too, because the, you know, real fans are going to know about that. It doesn't matter if it was deleted or not. So it makes it feel like it was still in the universe. You know, you just didn't see it. Exactly. You know what I mean? And your, and your man, Force Whitaker's in that thing. Yeah, my dog. I love Forrest <laughs> Whitaker, dude. He's just, I don't know what it is. Like, it's I, insane. I don't know. He's just a badass, though. Like, oh, yeah. He's a really good actor. Like, You really believe what he's doing. And it's almost extra impressive because he's got that lazy eye <laughs> and you don't care. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, fuck it. This dude's on the scene. Like, I can't, I can't be mad at him right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited for it. It comes out this December. So um, I'm definitely interested in seeing them doing the completion of the Death Star. Yeah. That should be cool. 
All right. On that note, uh, I think it's time we jump into headlines. Millions of Netflix users will soon need to pay just a little more for streaming their favorite TV shows and movies. As promised. This is bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) As promised, because they mentioned this, what, like two years ago, that Netflix was going to increase their... uh, the price of their two stream plan from seven ninety nine to nine ninety nine a month uh, for the oh, no yeah and uh, <laughs> but it's it's funny though like when they announced it people are like oh yeah Netflix is increasing their prices over twenty percent and like everybody's like oh fuck that shit I believe it's like you're paying eighty cents. Or like what one sixty a dollar you know two dollars more. There's a reason they're not telling you the price and saying twenty percent. Yeah, because when you go from eight bucks to ten bucks, then you're like, oh well, it's only two bucks more, you know. But they just want to get that initial impact. This is terrifying me because math is hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I remember, and you have to give it to Netflix. You gotta give them some credit for letting everyone know this so far in advance. Like it's not like all of a sudden. Like they said, this is going to happen eventually. Yeah, because like I think it was like a year or two ago where Netflix announced that they were going to do that. The thing was is if you already had Netflix, you had like a year or a year and a half to of the lower plan. On but the new people that joined weren't getting that higher price. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna be real. I'll pay the two extra dollars just for fucking Daredevil. Oh yeah. Like making a point here that Kung Fury. Fury. They give a. They give so much content, yeah. And now they have a lot of they're they're coming up with a lot of those original ones, and and you you have Daredevil and stuff like Daredevil, Orange Is the New Black, all those shows. Cards. Yeah, every season has a bigger budget. Man, they got to keep the lights on. Like everybody wants everything to be super cheap, and it still is. <laughs> Ten dollars I mean, a month. I mean, yeah. I mean, when you when you think it, you know, when you think about it, I mean, ten bucks a month. You get no commercials, and think about it. I mean, you know, for what eleven bucks a month, you can get "quote unquote" commercial free from Hulu. And if you've looked at their movie selection, movie selection is pretty whack. Their movie selection is bonkers dumb. Like yeah. it, it, it's just stupid. it's movies you never even heard of ever. <laughs> I actually have I have all three. I have um, Netflix, Hulu, and I have Hulu without commercials, and I have. Um, Amazon. Yeah. But I, I I haven't had a chance to look at Amazon. I don't even know what they fucking have. You know, but um I mean I have to I have Amazon because of Prime. Uh, but you know I don't know, it's weird cuz like the interface is still a little wonky with Amazon. Like Amazon's got to step up that that interface a little bit. Right. Uh but uh some of the movies are good. They have I think a little better in the way of documentaries. Um but all in all, I think Netflix and Hulu kind of have a better layout, a better selection, in my opinion. I mean, Hulu's great if you have television shows. You know, you want to catch up on the current shit. You know, right. the only downside with Hulu, though, is that if it doesn't watch- have CBS, <laughs> well, aside from that, but if like you're watching a new series, they take off the older shows. Like they're yeah, only that on there. Yeah, that pisses me off. So you can't like binge watch an entire season. But, uh, you know, and. Like they say, like, oh, yeah, an FX, you can see FX on here. You go on there, it's just clips. You have actually have to get the FX Now app to see their yeah. shows on there. But- like, I have, I got, I got Amazon Prime by accident because <laughs> I signed up for the free trial. 
I signed up for the free trial and I co- completely forgot about it. And then they char- they charged me and I was like, fuck you, what the hell? And then I'm looking at it, I'm like, ah, whatever. Right. Like the amount of times that I've signed up for the free trial to get <laughs> two day shipping. <laughs> so I kept it and I the what I use Amazon Prime for is the Amazon music. Like I have the app on my phone, I use it all day at work. You know, but um I don't know, I just haven't had a chance to watch their content. None of their originals really jump out at me. Yeah, except for that uh what is it, the uh Castle on High or something like that, that Nazi one. Um like I wanted to check that one out, but I just haven't gotten around to it. It's the one that if the Nazis had won the war. Oh, I, I fucking forgot about that. Yeah, I didn't the, know that was on Amazon. Yeah, that's the only one on Amazon that kind of struck me. Now Doctor Who is on Amazon. They, it's off Netflix and on Amazon now. Oh, really? Yeah. So. Oh, okay. But yeah, so the you know it's, it's stuff like that. So, I mean. I need to catch up on Doctor Who. I'm like a whole season behind. Yeah, same here. Uh, but, you know, I mean. It's ten bucks now, and let's be honest, they could have raised it a long time ago. Yeah, know, but th- but they didn't. And two bucks in the end, it's kind of like I'm gonna be honest with you. I thought it was nine ninety nine. I've been paying it for so long. I don't even remember how much it is. Yeah, because <laughs> I think I think Hulu was nine ninety nine. Yeah. So I I just assumed Netflix was too. So I they told me raising the price to nine ninety nine. I'm like, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> I had to check my statement. I'm like, oh, right. yeah, I guess I guess that's two dollars more. I'm sure I'm OK. I'm sure I can still, you know, feed my kids. Yeah, I know that it's like, yeah, oh, well, we're just going to have to go, you know, without um, without water. So, you know, because <laughs> can't we cancel one. Netflix slap <laughs> the fuck out of my face? Don't you ever say that again to me. Netflix has become such a staple like. On the rare occasion you hear someone go, oh, I don't have Netflix, you just look at them funny. Like, yeah, what? it's, it's that, I don't even know you anymore. It's, I said that to someone at work. I was like, hey, did you catch you catch that new Daredevil? I was like, I haven't seen it yet. Have you caught it? And they're like, what is it on? And I go, the Netflix show. And he's like, oh, I don't have Netflix. I go, no, for real. Did you catch it? <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even, my brain couldn't even process it. What do you mean you don't have Netflix? <laughs> what? what? Are you from the past? <laughs> He's like, I have cable. I'm like, okay, 1990s man. Get the fuck out of my face. Oh, you're a settler then? You know those direct TV <laughs> commercials? <laughs> We're settlers. We settle for cable. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, those price hikes will go into effect on May 10th. And uh, moving right along, as I realize that it's my turn. Um, <laughs> let, me re- let me read this article. This shit is funny because, okay, so this is a bit about Punch-Out. Now, I'm talking Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. You better explain it also to the millennials that are listening because they might not know what the fuck you're talking about. All right. Let me read the article then because I was just going to go, we all know Punch-Out. Let's move along. Um, (laughs) A retro gamer has discovered a new, you fucking phone, every (laughs) fucking podcast now. You know what? batteries out. (laughs) I'm going to sit on it. You know what? That's a good idea. Take the batteries out. Hold up real quick. Technical difficulties. Fuck you, phone. (laughs) All right. Retro Gamer has discovered a new visual cue in the Nintendo Entertainment System classic Punch-Out. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. I don't know why they didn't say that. Uh, Making Piston Honda and Bald Bull easier to topple. So, the original game, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, came out in the U.S. in October 1987. Uh, meaning the new trick has been hiding in plain sight for almost 29 years. <laughs> Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, for the millennials listening, 
Right. Mike Tyson's punch out was the shit. Oh fuck yeah. When this this was like the coolest fucking game when it came out. You were your fucking little Mike, little nondescript boxer, and you just go up the line and and the last and each boxer has this like cool personality to it. And the last boxer is Mike Tyson and he pretty much beats the shit out of you until you figure out the trick. Um every single boxer had a, a trick to them. Because back in the day, it's all about patterns with oh. video games back then. It, <laughs> they weren't really thinking outside the box because the computers couldn't do it. So um, anyway, if you, if you want to know more, look it up. Fucking kids. Um, <laughs> Reddit, Reddit user Midwestern Housewives uh, <laughs> discovered <laughs> and then posted video of the queue. In the accompanying thread, there's some question as to whether or not this is the first time someone discovered it. A common thread on GameFAQs shows... At least one other person was aware of this cue previous to Midwestern Housewives video. So someone said, oh, yeah, I knew about that. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> There's always matter. somebody. There's always somebody that says, oh, And it's irrelevant, it's irrelevant anyway because nowadays if you find something and you don't say nothing, you didn't it find it. Count. It don't count. Picks or it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, however, this was only in reference to the second Bald Bull fight. Bald Bull being one of the boxers. Um in this, okay, so this is what it is. In the second fight against Piston Honda and in the second ball bull fight, a normally static face in the crowd, static meaning not moving because the crowd really Doesn't didn't move, <laughs> uh, will duck to signify just exactly when to throw a punch. If timed correctly, a little Mac punch will instantly knock down each fighter. Now, these two cats were difficult, too. This was this was like higher up, I think, Yeah. these two boxers. Part of the genius of Punch-Out is your advantage in a fight is often a mixture of impeccable timing and recognizing graphical cues. For example, in the final round against Tyson or Mr. Dream in later versions, uh, a quick wink signifies which direction Little Mac needs to dodge to avoid avoid a flurry of punches. Spoilers, guys. Um, <laughs> many kids of the NES era grew up in fear of the bald bull charge, as the timing has to be nailed with surgical precision. More recently, a cue in the way of a camera flash in the crowd was discovered in the first ball bull encounter. This bearded man duck is another technique pro players can add to their repertoire. Um, so I kind of want to go back and play Mike Tyson's <laughs> punch out now. Right. <laughs> first of all, the game is amazing. Like the game's amazing. Like the soundtrack was amazing. Um, just everything about it was perfect. You know, it, it just says Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson was cooler in the eighties. Yeah. Oh yeah. This was before the whole ear thing. And yeah, he was the boxer. Like right. there, he, he was, a. Uh, well, I don't want to say he was Muhammad Ali. Maybe he was Joe Frazier of the eighties, <laughs> you know? Right. But I don't know much about boxing, so don't take anything I say to heart, but. <laughs> Uh, now he's just some crazy dude that you don't want to piss off. <laughs> and then he appears in the the Hangover movies. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny that, like, nearly 30 years later, somebody finally figured out how that shit works. I remember all those jams from NES, dude. <laughs> uh, all right. Well... We all know the new Spider-Man is going to appear in the upcoming Captain America Civil War movie. Yes. And we all know that we have the Spider-Man reboot coming out sometime next year. Now, there the ultimate question is, now that Spider-Man's going to be part of the MCU, will any of the characters from the MCU 
possibly be in the Spider-Man reboot? Well, speaking with EW, Marvel Studio President Kevin Feige has doubly confirmed that, yes, expect to see some familiar faces in the new, new Spider-Man reboot. The quote is, he's in the universe now, and the fun of that universe is that characters go back and forth. Now, it's possible. We don't know exactly because it's Spider-Man. He's going to be based in New York. So is it possible we might see, you know, RDJ? Well, it's also, it's it's not, it's less of a universe thing and more of a legal thing. Like, what's in the deal with Marvel and Sony? Right. Has Marvel said that, that their actors and their characters can be in Sony's flick? Yeah. Well, it, it, that, in that instance, the, the benefit, the, the way the deal is, is structured is that uh, when Spider-Man comes over to Marvel and they do that, they can do whatever they want with that and Marvel gets that money. But whenever Marvel does the Sony Spider-Man movie, Sony gets all the cash from that movie. So basically, it, it kind of would make sense that Sony would want that anyway cuz that would that would unlock a lot of possibilities for their Spider-Man flicks. Right. It was one it, of the it, biggest it would problems. Be shared shared ownership not right. specific ownership which I think is smart with Marvel to do at this point instead of selling off all the fucking characters they did. Well, one of the the biggest um bad things about the Spider-Man flicks was there were characters you knew that should be there. And then you have the Marvel movies that are all based in New York. Right. And then there's a Spider-Man movie based in New York, and this big shit's happening in Times Square, and no one else shows up. It just doesn't make sense. Oh yeah, like you know why? <laughs> but when you're, you know, when you're into the story, you're like, why? Why isn't? Why are the Avengers like wondering what's happening yeah. in Times Square? You why know, is, what I mean? you know so, it's like why isn't Captain America popping in, going, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> Eat your vegetables, kids. You know, whatever he said. <laughs> or you hear in the background, language. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's this is all a benefit for Sony. If now suddenly, you know, RDJ makes an appearance, or even Paul Rudd, or you know, Anthony Mackie, who was in the Ant Man movie, you know, does a little a little side bit in there, that would only enhance Sony's stake in that in that franchise, and then suddenly yeah, they're going to yeah. make more money. So, I think we finally are going to pr- get I, in my. It, the way I look at it is that I think we're finally going to get the kind of Spider-Man movie we really want is like a Spider-Man movie, but the possibility of seeing others, you know, pop in there. Because we've seen Captain America and Thor, you know, even when it was Loki supposed to be playing him. He's still know, there. He's yeah. still there. Right. So well, that's kind of mar- that's what makes the Marvel movies cool, too, is because you feel like you're watching just one big movie, yeah. like you're watching a universe. You know, Marvel's really done that pretty well. Um, and it would it would be a shame if Spider-Man felt in any way separate from that, because right. that's pretty much why the other Spider-Man movies were not doing that well, because yeah, Marvel was too big at that point. Oh, yeah. And the thing the thing is, is that, like I <laughs> the only Marvel movie that actually felt separate from all the rest of it, but it actually was cool was Guardians of the Galaxy because they are so much at deep space. There's no linkage to that. Except, but even then, there were connections because you well, had the Thanos, Infinity Stones, the Infinity and Thanos, Stones, Thanos yeah. and all that stuff. But, but that all started in the that kind of started in Guardians of the Galaxy, too. right? So, so, and then you know, we're also excited because Marissa Tomei is Aunt May. Yeah, it's going to be weird that I'm going to be sexually attracted to Aunt May. <laughs> 
Marissa Tomei, first of all, never ages. I think she's a vampire. Um, I'm okay with that. (laughs) I know, dude. (sighs) She's the quintessential Italian chick. (laughs) And my biological clock is ticking like this. I, I bet movie. the Chinese food is terrible. <laughs> oh, God. yeah. You blend. <laughs> Love it. That movie is awesome. <laughs> I'll watch the movie anytime it's on. Oh, fuck If it's yeah. on, I will run to the TV and watch it. <laughs> I have it on Blu-ray. The two Utes. Excuse me. Did you say Utes? <laughs> All right. Enough of this shit. I'm going to reminisce about an old movie forever, which is pretty much what we do anyway. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about Microsoft um, kind of throwing the gauntlet down. Uh, it's almost disrespectful for to Sony. Like, they're kind of like, we're doing it. What you going to do? Like, <laughs> whatever. Let's get into it. Um, <laughs> you see you, you see, they kind of lean in, drop the mic, and then, like, slowly do a Homer Simpson, like, right. <laughs> out the room. Out. <laughs> <laughs> so just last <laughs> month, Microsoft announced plans to allow cross-network play over Xbox Live. Um, and according, and according ID at Xbox European boss, Agostino Semenita, Jesus, sure. Um, the company is now ready for any developer who wants to take advantage of the feature. So, basically, the cross-network play that's going on right now is being able to play. Um, you could play a game, certain games, on a Windows 10 PC with people on the xbox one which is a big deal because right. it's, it's always they've always been closed networks and you really couldn't do that uh absolutely we're ready simone Tay told your <laughs> i'm sorry dude um told Eurogamer at egx rext and asked if the technology when asked if the technology is currently in place uh, any title that wants to update their game to include cross-network play, any title that wants to launch soon and take advantage of that, we are ready. Rocket League, of course, is the first title to take advantage of this feature. Um, though, I'm going to call him Simon. His first half of his name is Simon. Uh, though Simon couldn't provide a specific date as to when Xbox One owners might be able to play against those on the PS4, saying it's always up to the developer to decide, we issued an open invitation. Uh, the Xbox exec went on to further emphasize the network infrastructure is there and the invitation is open to anyone interested. We've made the announcement and we're ready. Whoever wants to get on board, he added. It remains an open invitation to any network that wants to do the same. Whether or not we'll see cross-network platform between... or cross oh, Jesus. Whether or not we'll see cross-network support between Xbox One and PlayStation 4... For major third-party titles, however, remains very much up in the air, as Sony offered a KG response when asked about working with Microsoft. So, <laughs> Sony... Um, <laughs> it's funny, too, because Microsoft has, historically is always the one that doesn't want to play with others. But Sony's kind of like, I don't know. Like, they, they don't... They don't... They're not saying, no, fuck, fuck that. You know, they're not completely throwing out the idea but they look very guarded about it like they don't they don't know if they want to play with the play with the enemy yet um here's a quote from playstation uh in direct response to what microsoft had said a sony representative fuck you (laughs) (laughs) suck a dick end quote no Uh, says playstation has been supporting cross-platform play between pc on several software titles 
starting with Final Fantasy XI on the PS2 and PC um, back in 2002. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, it is 2016, guys. Right. Um, <laughs> we would be happy to have the conversation with any publishers or developers who are interested in cross-platform play. So they're interested in having a conversation. So it's not complete. It's not a complete no. You have to understand, this is a really dangerous business thing for both companies because, and it's it, it might not be a hundred percent good for for consumers either. As soon as you have cross platform play, the, the the competitiveness of it all is diminished greatly. Right. And the constant and, I have to be better than the other one diminishes. It diminishes, so so I think we, we might covered, suffer. We covered. I think we covered that in a in a yeah. previous podcast where we were, you know, yeah, because they were hinting about all this before, right? Um, and it it it's cool because like, oh, you know, my friend has a PS4 and I have an Xbox One. I just want to play games with them. Yeah, I get it for the short term, but for the long term, if this becomes the thing, and all third party developers are doing it, I mean, they already don't have that many exclusives. Uh, Xbox has already gone on record saying they don't even like exclusives. Um, it's the competitiveness going away can could hurt could hurt us because they'll both be on the same page and then they won't be trying to beat each other. I mean, look at Xbox One when it was first going to come out; it was going to be a fucking shitstorm of right. DRM and bullshit. And then Sony was like, hey, "We're not doing that," and everybody loves us, so they changed it. You know, I mean, that could still have. A font that could still have some implications for sales because if you know you had cross-platform ability you know you would have people like and there's still going to be people that prefer one system over another but if you have you know say you know you have what you know, let's just say you have cross-platform play but then you have microsoft saying oh yeah that xbox 2 is going to have drm up the wazoo Everybody's going to be like, yeah, fuck you. I think I'm going to go to PlayStation. Yeah. They're still going to want to be careful with that, but they're – or they could just simply say, well, fine, fuck that. Go ahead. But I think in that aspect, I don't think we would see that. I think that would still probably be the same, although I, I think we would see you know, nobody really struggling to – uh, to to make a better system than the other, you know. But then I again, mean, it, it it all goes into too what people have been theorizing for years now that these companies could become just the hardware companies, right? And then they're they're everyone's running the same OS, right? You know, or a very similar OS, or or even that, you know, they they go okay, well, we're doing all of this shit on there. It's up to the developers to do whatever, you know. We'll make it cross-platform playable, but it's up to the developers to do the games right. and make it on their on their dime instead of on Sony's. I don't think that I I really don't think this this is all going to lead into me playing fucking Halo Seven on a PS4 controller, right. you know. But um, for third party stuff, it could be cool. I mean, think of like the first person shooters, like Call of Duties and stuff like that. Right. Um, sports games, especially. Yeah. And you got like the you know the Need for Speed games or anything like right. that, anything that, or even like oh shit, even stuff like uh, FIFA or MLB. Even the fucking you know what where I would I would see this happening first is the indie scene. Yeah, 
I could see. You it. know, because indies usually make their shit for as many fucking platforms as they possibly can. Right. And it's only going to help them yeah. if they can all play together. And then if the in- it once and usually what, what with what happens is once the indie scene starts getting big, then the big companies will be like, oh, maybe there's something here that we should t- take a look at. Yeah. Yeah. So. It is what it is. Yeah. All right. And that is it of headlines. So before we go into this week's discussion topic, uh, I just saw something kind of breaking on um, on uh, online. Um, it seems that the it, – it, for those of you interested in the Infinity War, uh, the two-parter that's coming at the end of all the phases – the Russo brothers, who did all the uh, Captain America movies, are doing uh, Infinity War, the two-parter. It appears there's all, pretty much been confirmation. One, we all knew this was happening. Obviously, Thor's going to be in it. Um, but it's pretty much been confirmed that Star-Lord is going to have an appearance of such. Which makes sense. Because It makes sense, but we didn't, well, we didn't want to get our hopes up. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so it looks like yeah, Chris Pratt may be coming home to Earth in uh in Now is Infinity. it just the question is, is it gonna be just Chris Pratt or is it gonna be the whole Guardians of the Galaxy? As, so it doesn't make much sense for him to split from the team. Right, but you know, if there I mean Earth is his home of all Yeah, but you, you would assi- my my thing is I'm thinking kind of in the realm of the way the story is, they're, they're such a tight-knit team, you would think that they would come to help him. Because there's been many times in the comic books when uh, Star-Lord has to go back to Earth, he's with the whole crew. Like, they don't, they don't like, oh, we're going to hang out at the pub real quick while you take care of Earth, fuck Earth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's, um, it would be interesting to see just him and what the reason behind... If anything, it'd probably be. If anything, he'll come back with Rocket and uh, Groot, since well, that's easy to do. Exactly. um, But we'll we'll see. But he's you know he. The the, basically all I'm saying is the more Gamora I can get, (laughs) the better. It's just pretty much what I'm saying. (laughs) What what I want to say, what I'm pretty much getting down to is Zoe Zeldana can get it. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to say. Like she don't even put her in makeup if she could just be there. Like at a coffee shop, or t- <laughs> I mean, it would just make the movie better. Right, exactly. All right, so this week's discuss- discussion topic is pretty much all things Warner Brothers. Um, early on, we talked about how Warner Brothers was moving up um, Wonder Woman by two weeks. Yeah. Now there's a story that came out on the Hollywood Reporter this week talking about you know um, with Batman versus Superman has Warner Brothers finally turned a corner, and they're and they kind of go into the financials of the studio that after the abysmal run of the expensive underperformers, including Jupiter Ascending, <laughs> Pan, and In the Heart of the Sea, the studio has launched an effort at a Marvel-style film universe with the DC Comics movie being touted as proof of the regime installed in 2013. Uh, but the dizzying plunge of 69% following its March record opening means Batman is not a clear win. It's It's... it's the fact that it's made money, but it's not bringing in the excessive amount of money that it, it should have been bringing in. Right. But the story goes on really to say that several sources are saying that Marvel executives are convinced they had the goods with the movie. And 
it seems that they will be focusing more on the whole comic book series as opposed to what more studios usually they say that they've been more of a how should i say um you know filmmaker driven or star driven uh where they do actually more of an eclectic slate of movies but they say that it seems that uh warner brothers will be green lighting fewer homegrown movies and focus more on hits like disney which has marvel lucasfilms pixar and disney um and warner brothers will turn their attention more towards dc comics legos and the new franchise for the harry potter spinoff when the studio has always been more of a uh housing of directors you know like ben affleck clint eastwood christopher nolan todd phillips uh those movies for uh those movies headed by them will still be made but anybody else probably won't see that type of that type of eclectic choice right so um with that being said do you in do you think that everybody has to go that marvel route like disney's going you know star wars and all of that um I mean, I, part of me likes to believe that this is kind of a little bit of this is what people expect Warner Brothers to do, given that they're finally actually doing something with their DC slate. Yeah. But given the fact that they've also <laughs> we have launches all the way till 2020 kind of means that if most of their movies because, you know, they, they put a lot into their into Batman versus Superman. It was uh, quite a. I wish I, I wonder if I can find the budget for that movie. Because I believe it spent. It was a lot. I think they've made their money back on the budget. I think I was reading that. But they spent a lot of fucking money on that movie. And it looks like they spent a lot of money on that movie, too, when you see it. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's an interesting move, but it's not exactly a far fetched one. I mean. I don't think they're they're copying anybody either. I think it's just a strategy. You have all these big fr- Warner Brothers owns a lot of big franchises, whether they're capitalizing on it or not. They do. Um, if they want to make a whole, think about the cost of making an entire DC universe. Right now, Marvel gets bought by Marvel. Really wasn't doing it until Disney bought them. Now, Disney they- buys. That's that Disney money though. Well, since since they've got since they bought, you got to remember that Marvel did the whole Phase One on their own, even the Avengers. Right. Disney bought Marvel just prior to the Avengers being released, but still, Marvel did that on their dime. But since then, they've kind of exploded and expanded and and things things of that nature. But you also got to remember, and here's the biggest thing that I think most people don't realize is Marvel does things the lazy geeks way on the cheap. <laughs> it's true. They don't pay their fucking actors shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they get them for multiple movie contracts, but you know, they do things on the cheap, but they do it well. Right. And and I think that is one of the I think that's why Marvel succeeds a little more in that aspect as opposed to Warner Brothers because you know, hearing that Warner Brothers threw this much money at, you know, Batman vs Superman and and Suicide Squad and 
things along that lines. But, you know, a lot, even the lower performers, you know, do well and make enough money for them to do a sequel on is because Marvel does things on the cheap. Yeah. And I, I think that helps Disney in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Cause it's like, okay, well we're not spending a lot to make these movies, but at the same time, you know, we're making a lot of money when, the, when people come and, and, and do that. And one of the things that uh, came out this week is the fact that uh, it looks like Batman versus Superman will not be breaking the $1 billion mark. Um, in an article that I pulled up here, I'm just going to read this little short blurb. Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice looks uh, looks to set the number one bo- spot this weekend, which turned out not to be true. Uh, but Bloomberg reports that the movie looks like it will ultimately make Warner Brothers less than Man of Steel. That's once cost and revenues from uh, ancillaries are factored in. One of the most expensive movies ever made, Batman vs. Superman, looks like it's set to make Warner Brothers a... $278 million profit once uh, once they take account of everything from home video sales and TV and merchandise. That's less than what Man of Steel a project, projected $300 million. And, and as to the success, successful as Marvel movies, which tend to generate roughly 44%, Batman vs. Superman would need to gross $1.15 billion to make uh, to match up with that. And that goes to show that the movie is far from a flop, though analysts still believe the studio is probably still disappointed. I'm sure it's a bit of a disappointment, says uh, SNL Kagan's analyst Wade Holden. They were probably hoping for box office numbers similar to Avengers Age of Ultron, but Batman vs. Superman had DC's three most well-known comic book heroes together in the same movie, you know, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Spoilers if you didn't know that. Uh... Matthew Harrigan, an analyst for Erdlich Securities, who recommended Time Warner stock, added, They're still pretty satisfied, but they aren't elated. What makes it worse is it sounds like Batman and Superman will fall short of the $1 billion worldwide. Um, it so far has made $720.8 million in total, and that includes China. So, yeah, you know, it's... Um, I mean, here's a question. And I'm not asking this because I was a fan of the movie. Do I think it was perfect? No, I don't. I, I think that Liar. It had, <laughs> I think it had your typical Snyder rushing scenes type shit going on. Um, you, did mean, it, you mean rushing, not Russian, right? Right. Okay, because I um, Russian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, I also I went with someone who who doesn't really read comic books, and I noticed that I was enjoying it more because I knew what was going on. Right. Like there were scenes in it that he pulled from like five different storylines, oh, yeah. which is fine. I mean, you're you're creating a new universe; you can do that, you know. But it was so many that you might not have known why that was happening if you weren't if you're not a comic book fan. And I noticed that with the friend of mine that I went with. He didn't understand. Like, there was a specific part where there's a, it's a cameo scene. And Steve probably knows what I'm talking about. Um, who shows up with Batman. And I'm not going to say anything past that because the movie's still kind of fresh. But um, my friend had no fucking clue who it was or why he was there. And he didn't even, when I was explaining it, he didn't even understand what I was saying. <laughs> you know, so there was a lot of that going on. And, and that always happens because Snyder is a kind of a fanboy. You know, and he, I think he doesn't realize that not everybody knows what they're fucking looking at. 
Right. You know, so um, but I really enjoyed the movie. But the question is, do you think the movie was harmed a little bit because it was so panned by critics before it even came out? Because if you look at if you look at what the actual audiences are saying versus what the critics are saying, because, yeah, there's people in the audience that said, no, nah, fuck that movie. I didn't like it. But the majority of them are like, it's not a perfect movie, but I had a good time. You know, I'm, I'm hopeful for the I'm, I'm looking forward to the movies coming out. Wonder Woman and, and Justice League still and, and blah, blah, blah. But the fucking critics were like, fuck this movie. Like they, they basically pissed on it. So do you think that could have hurt a little bit? Um, to be honest, no. I, I think people that were set to see it were going to see it anyway. Um, I think in, in especially, I, I pretty much think that if the movie was to, if the movie didn't make as much money as it did its opening weekend, then that, that, that would be valid. The only thing that I'm seeing is that what you just said was, the, I, I see what you said as the reason of right. like, no, I enjoyed it. It was fine. But there wasn't that, oh, my God, that was awesome. I need to see it again. Because that's really what drives those movies. People see it a second time. I've been thinking about it um, because I I probably am not going to see it a second time in the theater. And that was the big thing that kind of actually shocked me when you told me that earlier before the show. When you said, no, I probably will watch it on the Blu-ray. And I was thinking, like, that's it right there. That's why nobody's seen it a second time. But you know why, though? And since I've said that to you, I've been thinking about it. The movie, and I don't mean this in a bad way, the movie's very heavy-handed. It's a dark movie. There's very little comedy in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a movie that I want to see on the Blu-ray because I want to pick it apart. There's a lot of shit going on in the movie. Right. You know, and I'd love to watch the the uh, the Blu-ray's gonna have a three-hour director's cut, you know, and they're gonna add in a lot of things that were that were um cut out for time. Um but if I go to the, it's not like I saw Deadpool for a second time a couple of days ago because Deadpool's fucking, it's Deadpool. Like right. I, I don't, I'm not thinking much while I'm watching it. I'm just enjoying it and laughing. Batman, the whole time I'm watching Batman versus Superman, I didn't even move. Like I'm just staring at the screen, like analyzing everything. You know, not to mention I'm doing that because everybody, I got a bunch of people telling me the movie is the worst fucking film since Howard the Duck, you know, which I'm like, okay, guys, hey, which, which you love, by the way, which I love. Um, so, you know, but the, yeah, but I like Howard the Duck because it's so bad. Um, <laughs> I did, did I think that the movie deserved a little bit more credit? Yeah, I do. I think, I think it deserved a little bit more credit. Um, I think the, I think a lot of the, and I read a lot of what the critics were saying and, and I'm not taking anything away from what Marvel's done. I think Marvel's, awesome i've watched all those movies too but i think a lot of those a lot of people too they've seen all the marvel films and like okay this is how a comic book movie is supposed to be and then they don't see that and then they're like okay this movie's shit you know even before they see it and there's always those kind of people oh yeah you know what i mean and i think a lot of the critics they're just you know either they didn't like the movie i I read some critics that gave real reasons why they didn't like it that's different like you know what the pacing wasn't right i wasn't i wasn't enjoying um the changes in the in the in the canon and blah 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 but then there were those critics like this movie sucks because it sucks 
Right. You know, it's no, dude. They, you... <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's those where you don't give credence to them because they're those are the fanboys as, we, yeah. as we've talked about. But when Marvel does it, <laughs> it's like okay, dude. Like, yeah, can, any, we, any... can we review a movie? Can we review a DC movie without even mentioning Marvel? To, to me, in a lot of instances, <laughs> if you're comparing it to Marvel, first of all, you lost that debate. Uh, because I mean, it's a it's a different tone. For they me, just have different tones. For me, going into the movie, I was a, I I had some interpretation intrep- um, going into that. The reason being was because I've seen what Warner Brothers does to their own stuff. Yeah, and that's bothered me. Green Lantern, you know, all of those kind of things. And I liked Man of Steel, you know. And you know, I've had some like, oh well, you just did like no. It's like I liked Man of Steel. This one here just. I think it just – it felt very rushed. It felt like instead of doing – you know, instead of taking its time to establish a universe, you know, they threw out Dawn of Justice. And then we're going to get the solo movies, which I'm not exactly sure how those are going to line up with, you know, with anything in that movie, you know. And yeah, you know, and and, and – I had the same thing too. I went with Heather and I went with John to go see that movie. And, you know, Heather was like, I have questions. Like at the end, she's like, I enjoyed it, but I have questions. Like she, she didn't like, you know, she didn't get everything. And, and I understand when you throw in those little nuggets of, you know, Easter eggs for the fans. Like but they see, should; those things should be easy to dismiss exactly. by someone who doesn't understand them. Exactly. That's not why. a in-your-face. I feel like I'm missing something important moment. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, like you know, when you have it with um, Star Wars, and you have it with like with the Force Awakens, there was a lot of those little throwaway little fan service moments where if you knew the if you knew everything, you were like, oh, cool, you know. And Star Trek, when J.J. Uh, Abrams rebooted Star Trek, there was a lot of a lot of little shit for the Star Trek fans, but if you didn't notice, it didn't take away a thing from it. My thing with the with Batman versus and this whole this whole Warner Brothers thing is turning into Batman versus Superman, but um, which it really should at this point. Um, the some of the main complaints that I heard from people, I just think they were complaining a little too hard, like um, the dream sequences. Now, here's a problem that I had with the dream sequences: is some of them had extremely harsh cuts. Yeah. So you kind of didn't know you were in one until yeah. like a little bit into it. However, they weren't – the dream sequences themselves were not horrible. Like I don't understand why people were like – they make any fucking sense. Like why not? Like why didn't they make any – you didn't get it or what? I, I don't understand. I think I, I think the problem with the dreams – with the dream sequences that – I think there were too many personally. Um, I thought there was you know a, a few too many of the dream sequences – and at the same time, it was kind of like we didn't need them. At this particular point, I didn't see a knee for them. See, uh, my, I think my, my thing too is – and Steve knows this. And it's not, it's not in a fanboy thing. And I promise it's not because I am far from a fanboy. I'm very forgiving. I'm, I'm very forgiving of movies all the time. Like um, – uh, a perfect example from Batman versus Superman is people were saying like, um, God, and fucking talking about how he's tortured by his parents dying. We fucking get it, you know, and and me, I'm watching it and I'm going, well, I get it, though, because recently Robin died. 
so death is back in the front of his mind. And then that reminds him of what the one thing that, you know, like I build it in my head so I can accept it, <laughs> which honestly makes me enjoy a lot more than most. But I know a lot of people don't do that. You know, like the there was one dream sequence. Um, you know what? Spoilers. I'm tired of dancing around the fucking bush. It's been and it looks like it's anybody that's enough. seen it is seen it already. It's been long <laughs> enough. Um, there's a dream sequence where he goes to the grave. Um, Bruce Wayne goes to the grave of his parents um, and the blood starts coming out of the wall. Mm-hmm. Now, instantly, I know it's a dream sequence now because in well, reality, yeah. that's not going to happen. You know, so that to me was symbolic. He feels like he fails his parents and, and this and that and this and that. But I've seen people online that are just like vicious about that one scene. Just, that's so fucking stupid. Like, I didn't even know it was a dream secret. I'm like, well, OK, then you're a fucking idiot. Well, yeah. No, you know? I, I think the most people that I know that didn't like the dream sequence, we knew they were a dream sequence, but the thing was is that it seemed that it was kind of inundated with them. Um, I think the biggest one – I think the, the desert big, one's the biggest one that people have a problem with. Yeah, I, 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 I do, but I, I think it's – one, it's, you know, Batman shooting people in the head, shit like that. I know that got people. Uh, well, that's another thing is, is people were saying – Batman was flat out killing people. Technically, he wasn't because they were dream sequences. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can go that route. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, uh, it it was just it's just one of those things where I think in that instance, it just seemed a little kind of random. You know, that I agree with. And but that was the funny thing is that I had told my friend Adam I went to go see it with. And I told him, I said, I guess Batman and Superman are fucking killing people left and right. And I'm, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. Because let's let's keep it honest here. Batman and Superman do kill people, just not totally. directly. Like if there's a huge fight going on, a building might fall on someone. Like It happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they don't point a gun at somebody's head and shoot them. Like they just don't. So I'm watching the movie. And at the end of the movie, um, even Adam, he goes, well, they didn't kill anybody. Because those were in the in the, the dream things. And I'm like, yeah, but no one's going to care about that. They're still going to think he did it and they're going to be pissed off. Well, no, it, was, it wasn't even that. It was, you know, you know, him and the Batwing, you know, shooting up the, uh, the trucks and stuff like that. Because there were people. Those were non-lethal rounds and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a fanboy statement. I know, right? <laughs> Those were rubber fucking 50 cal. What happened was is that he had hit the tires right next to the right. the, the car, and the gas tanks were actually thinly layered. So There's a whole fucking trap. You just don't get it, dude. Okay. <laughs> no, that of course. But see, that's not the first time we've seen that in the comic films or cartoons. Like that happens all the time. But, yeah, but the thing is, is yeah, like the not killing thing is more of a sp- symbolic thing. It's you'll never see Batman choke the life out of someone right. like that kind of shit. Well, there. Well, it's mostly that you know. It, it, I mean, especially with like the Nolan verse, you know, or is he no guns, you know, and that was his no gun policy. Because like, what was it in uh, Batman Begins? You know, I, I what was it? He's like, I'm not gonna kill you, but I don't have to save you, kind of thing. Right. You know, I know some people have problems with that, and I was like, hey, shut up. You know, <laughs> well, then we and then also, too, I remember seeing from the preview where um, Batman had that sniper rifle come to find out he's not shooting anybody with it. Like the, it's it's almost like they put that in the trailer just to piss people off. <laughs> <laughs> Go see it. Um, well, some somebody was talking about that, like, 
Um, why does why does Batman have to have it looks like you know a military grade sniper weapon to just shoot a tr- you know to shoot a uh, a tracking device onto the truck? That it was like it just like some because he's Batman. Because <laughs> you know, saw it, Shooter the other day, it was like my, you know, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> my original point for the desert dream sequence was that was actually my favorite one because to me it really it really concreted the idea of what batman feels the future's going to become if superman goes unchecked not it's not the reality of the situation it's at that moment it's what batman felt was going to happen like that's what he he needs to do something about it because if if superman goes unchecked he's going to just enslave everybody now like it kind of concreted that idea However, I guess I'm wrong because everybody else has told me I'm an asshole. So I don't know <laughs> that it has, know. that has nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> they were right, just, I'm just an asshole. Right now. I, I have to ask you this because I've been having fun with this with, you know, with some friends. The Martha. Oh, yeah, that scene. So here's <laughs> here's the situation with the Martha scene. And, and I'm going to I'm going to break it into a pro and a con. Because there is a pro for me. The pro is if you strip away the basics of it, it's it's a moment where Batman realized he's – Batman's been looking – this is just me. Batman's been looking at Superman as not a living thing. He's looking at him as like some kind of fucking like idea almost you know, that needs to be stopped. Mm-hmm. And the moment when he sees that he just wants his mother to be safe – that's it humanizes him a bit. Yes, I know he's not a human. I'm just saying it humanizes Superman. Now, the problem with that scene <laughs> and the real big problem with that scene is it happened in 30 fucking seconds. <laughs> if that scene needed to, to be, happen longer, it needed it. Um, I'm hoping when the Blu-ray comes out, there's there's more flesh on those bones for that. <laughs> but um the scene itself, the idea I, I think that's what I'm trying to say. The idea of the scene where where Batman is now seeing like, wait a minute, you know, I'm I'm kind of thinking a little differently now, you know. Mm-hmm. And also there's that correlation with his Batman's parents and then, you know, his parents are gonna die and the Batman doesn't want that to happen again. And the falling pearls. The well that's that has it that's super canon. No, it doesn't like matter if you don't time, like it. It has. It has. To it happened there. like three or four times in the damn movie. It's like, yes, it did happen too much in that movie. <laughs> but it has to be in every origin origin mention of no, that. No, 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 no. Uh, that is a, that is not true. And I will state, I'll state it right here. I was watching Batman Forever. I don't have time for you now. <laughs> You're gonna bring up Batman Forever? Don't do this. Dude. No, because we already had two Keaton movies. We had Batman Forever. Val Kilmer, first thing in there. He's standing there. He just brought Robin back to the, you know, to the mansion. And he's standing there thinking about what happened to Robin's parents. And then we hear the walking, the echo walk of them coming of coming down. And then the gunshot. And then the pearls falling again. I'm like, oh my God. It's like it's, I think the problem with that is because we have seen it a billion times in every single Batman movie. See, I'm not saying it's good that it's always there. I'm just saying it's always going to be there. 
You're never not going to see it. Well, no, it's, because it's just the way it is. Well, think about think of the Spider-Man movies. Yes, I'm thinking about the Spider-Man movies. But you've seen Uncle Ben die twice, but yet there were two sequels to the Tobey Maguire and an extra sequel for the um, Andrew Garfield one. We only saw Uncle Ben die once. That's true. But he's still dead. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. And this goes back this goes back to me just being very forgiving. I don't fucking care if the broad's pearls fell on the street. Like it doesn't matter to me. I will agree in the movie though about the third time I was like, okay. I get it. You know, Even slower motion, like you're hearing that echoing back. That shouldn't have been that shouldn't have been the focal point of the memory. Like that that kind of was dumb. I think I think the more powerful part of that memory, and I think you'll agree with me, is when um when his father says Martha. I think that is the more it's a more powerful moment in that memory. I think that should have been focused on a little bit more, which it was, but in the thirty second, <laughs> oh, Superman's a person. Right. You know, and, and and I just think that if that scene was done differently, it would have been more impactful, would have made more sense. But on face value, if you're just watching the movie, you barely even remember <laughs> that Mother, both mothers' names are Martha. Like you don't even get it, yeah. you know. And then if you're not a big fan of the franchises and stuff, you're just like, okay, like they have the same name, so whatever. <laughs> like I get it, you know what I mean. But um, it was just funny because, like, because like, uh, you know, like the memes that have come out, like, uh, you know, my best friend's Jim, my best friend's Jim. Like, yeah. like oh, that's... the memes are hilarious, <laughs> you know. Um, what else in that fucking fucking we're talking oh, about? The, what one else? Thing, the one thing that I, I had to I have to admit that was fucking badass was um, Batman's fight sequence on getting when he went to get Martha. That combat sequence he had when he, you know, they threw him on that building. And yeah. Rescued Martha. That as a as Batman, that those moves were badass. The two most badass scenes for Batman. That scene and, and that scene is important for me because he kind of gets his ass kicked too. Yeah. And it's kind of, <laughs> right. It's showing you he ain't fucking Superman. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's in, he's in the grit. You know what I mean? The other time is the first time you see Batman and he's, he's kind of, I don't think it was his official mission, but he was questioning that one guy and he saved like a whole, it looked like a sex slave ring of oh, right, mental yeah. girls. And, um, they didn't want to come out of the cell. They're like, no, 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 he's still here. So I'm like, oh, cool. So in this universe, people are still frightened of Batman, right? You know, which which I kind of and I I like that. I like when they know he's not the bad guy, but they don't they don't want to get in his way. Yeah. I like when they play that up in, in when they're doing Batman. Um, the but the, the most badass is when he was flipping on the fucking wall oh, and he yeah. looked terrifying. Like, oh, yeah. I was, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> is this the grunge or the grudge or what? I know, right? Um, the one thing that somebody somebody had brought up a, a fan um, a fan theory because of that that moment that a lot of people didn't realize was the Flash, you know, in that other dream. That's the moment I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. the dream dream sequence. <laughs> the dream within a dream. Yeah, the Inception sequence. I but call see, it. he uh, but and they've been talking about theories about that that he he never went to sleep for that one if you know yeah. like but you know you right, never but, go to sleep for the other ones either so right exactly he's like you know hack it away and then something like, you know it would have been funny to see the z like the letter z 
printing up on the screen would have been awesome. <laughs> but I've been, uh, racking, I've been racking my brain about that scene anyway. Some people, some some people are saying that what if like the whole end result of this is Flashpoint? I wouldn't be surprised. Which, I really would. Which, if you think about it, would make sense because you figure they have these many actors for a certain amount of time. You know, not and like the way. Flash- then not like the Marvel movies where they have, you know, one actor for 80, 80 movies. <laughs> um, but, you know, they go, okay, well, we have them for a, f- a finite amount of time. And if we need to reboot this, what if we do Flashpoint? DC found their own, if, they, if they're doing this, DC found their own Doctor Who effect. Right. Think about it. Because once, if you think about Marvel and, and Perfect One's Iron Man. Um, Robert Downey Jr. has hinted that he's not going to be doing this forever. Like, he's getting old. Marvel's just going to have to stop Iron Man. They can't recast it. Well, yeah, actually, they've they've talked about that. They If they recast and, Iron Man, I don't even want to deal with well, it. Well, see, that's the thing is that uh, Feige has said, they go, that if – oh, no, 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 it was Russo. One of the Russo brothers had said that if, if and when Downey decides not to continue as Iron Man anymore, they said that Iron Man will go away for a while. They go because – with somebody like him, you can't just recast him and then have him in the next movie like nothing had happened. He goes, you need to, you know, send him away for a little while, give it time for people to kind of, you know, continue enjoying what's going on. Then when you bring him back, it's a little it it's a little more palatable than changing him in midstream, you know. Right. So and that I kind of agree. It's kind of they're going to kind of go and this one, Faggy had said they're going to kind of go James Bond route with this. But I honestly, I would love. Now that I'm thinking about it, I would love if DC did that. If if DC, they have this cool. It's kind of it. You know, we have an older Batman now. You know, and stuff. And and they do all the Suicide Squad and they, and they do it all together. And then once it's kind of they've done telling that story, Flashpoint. Flashpoint. And then they start from the beginning or something like that. Right. Like I think that would be fucking awesome because, yeah. it, and I'm t- I'm telling you, I've been thinking about that damn Flash scene. Yeah. It doesn't make sense in a way because he says you were right about him. Right. And but that, I don't think he's talking about Superman. I think that's what they want you to assume. Right. And it, it's probably he's t- – um, but we don't or know. He's, he's from the universe where Superman is not a good guy. Right. So you know that could be the, the option. And somebody said that what if they are leading to Flashpoint? And you know that could be their you know, cinematic crisis of infinite earths kind of thing, you know? Um, and, and, and do that route. So that would be interesting. Did see now my mind's being blown. Now it's like, Oh, maybe there was a fucking, there was a reason that they were like, no, the TV's in a separate universe and shit. And now you have flash and the TV show is fucking crossing into other universes. <laughs> what the fuck? That it's would same- be, that would be awesome. If suddenly they decided, you know what, let's just do a crisis of infinite earth. Have and this TV is in the movies and, this is the mind fuck shit that you only get in DC because DC will fuck you up when it comes to the multiverse. That's true. Like Marvel has a multiverse, but it makes sense. It's kind of clean. Like right. you get it. DC's multiverse is <laughs> upside down and inside out. You don't fucking know what the hell's going on, and they like it that way. And if you, ju- <laughs> and if you jump into a series and you don't know that there was a switch in the multiverse, 
you're going to be lost. You're <laughs> fucked. You need to go back and buy all kinds of trades. Exactly. You go to a comic book store and talk to the, there's like an old sage, like a blind man that's in the yeah. back of the DC he's, section. He's, yeah, he's the one that's got the mist, the, the little the little pot with the little smoke blowing around of in the Let rope. me tell you a tale <laughs> of infinite earths. <laughs> Oh my god! But you know what? That that's a cool little fan theory to run with. Um, yeah. I think that um, I mean to 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 close it out because we basically just ended up talking about Batman vs Superman. I did really enjoy the movie. Um, I enjoyed it as as a moviegoer, as as a fan. I didn't quite enjoy it as much, but I enjoy I enjoyed it as a fan too. But this is this is the thing that I noticed about it is that the movie. And I'm telling you, Snyder does this every fucking time he makes a movie, good or bad. He makes a movie for him. Yeah. He makes a movie he wants to watch. It's kind of so, like the Lazy Geeks. <laughs> this yeah, shit we, we, we like. But we're not making any fucking money. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? So it's whatever. The, the thing is, is that Snyder's not directing all these DC flicks. So I have high hopes for one Wonder Woman. I think Wonder Woman's going to be a fucking knockout hit. I'm calling it now. Yeah. Especially in fucking 2017 fucking women talking about they're better than everybody now. Shit. Wonder oh, Woman's going to be the shit. Speaking of Wonder Woman, she looked like she was the only one having fun in that movie. She was the only one not having a problem in that movie. <laughs> Cuz if you if you, the way she was in the fight scenes, you saw her kind of like yeah, like Well, here's my problem. Wonder Woman First of all, I love Wonder Woman. Okay, I'm a DC fan. Of course, I love Wonder Woman. But she, it was almost too easy for her. Like Superman was struggling <laughs> in that fight, and I'm, I'm talking about pre Kryptonite because that's obvious. You know why he would struggle with that. By the way, that fucking spear with the Kryptonite, and he fucking dragged himself into it. That was badass. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. <laughs> he was the shit in that moment. But um, Wonder Woman was like, she got tossed and she was smiling. Yeah. She cut the dude's hand off. I was like, okay. Like, I love Wonder Woman, but maybe maybe a little too much. Well, you, know, you like, also got to remember, too, that she's a warrior. Superman, she's trained. That's what it is. She, she's trained. And Superman hadn't really fought a whole lot. Look at the damage he did with Zod. <laughs> yeah. And, he had, and, and we've seen that in the comic books, too. Like in an early on, if you if you're reading a story where it's kind of early on in Superman's career, he's not used to fighting things that hurt him. Yeah, he's used to showing up and bullets bouncing off of him, <laughs> and then he just cleans it up. Yeah. So I mean, I kind of get that too. Batman, poor fucking Batman, just had to dive out of the way the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. people were talking shit about that. Like, what do you want him to do? Oh it's yeah. Like, Three fucking gods fighting. Like he's yeah. like, I'm just gonna get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> I'll but post this on Snapchat real quick. <laughs> I have to say because we haven't said it. We we're talking about Batman versus Superman. It has to be said. Wonder Woman is amazing. Like oh, yeah. the actress playing, it, it's perfect. I had not one fucking problem with it. And I'm talking even I she was what she wasn't in it enough. Well, that you know, that's always a problem. I'm, I'm having a problem. She ain't sitting on my couch right now. <laughs> In the costume. Oh. <laughs> no, even even her as in as um just Diana yeah. in the beginning of the movie was great. Like she owned the fucking scene. And even the scenes when she was with Ben Affleck, because Ben Affleck was the shit. He handled Batman well. Yeah. But and Bruce Wayne really well, my personal opinion. But because Bruce and he's Wayne a, doesn't emote and neither does Ben Affleck, so <laughs> it's like it perfect. perfectly. <laughs> um 
he's he looks like such a fucking Boston kid, dude, all the time. He just walks around like a tough guy all the time. <laughs> Even when he's smiling, he looks like he wants to kick your ass. I like that little side smile that reminded me of the animated series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remind me of that too. Um, but she she owned it didn't matter who she was with, she owned that scene. Oh yeah. It was it was amazing. Like and a lot of people were talking shit, like, oh, the chick from Fast and the Furious. No man. She fucking she made everyone look stupid. And no one's talking shit about Wonder Woman right now. Oh yeah, no, that's that's basically it. I like how they made it look too when she jumps at people, she fucking bah, she just shot off <laughs> like a damn cannon. You know. Anyway. Oh. I act I, I like the fucking movie, okay? And I'm I'm excited to see more. That's the main point for me, is I am excited to see more DC movies. With that scene where they were showing the 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 little video clips of Cyborg and blah blah, blah. I'm excited now to see those. Movies. I wanted to know, did like Lex have his art design team, like design logos for everyone? You know, I mean that was. I guess. Kind of... <laughs> I'd do that if I was <laughs> if I was working. Oh, okay. we didn't talk about that. We got to talk about that real quick. Lex Luthor. There's a fan theory that he's not the real Lex. There's a fan theory that the real Lex was his dead father. Yeah. Um, here's the the only thing because we've been we've been drunk drowning on. Here's the only thing I gotta say about Lex Luthor. I didn't particularly like the the character of Lex Luthor in this movie. I think it was weird. It was it was it, it just didn't fit, you know, because he was a little goofy. He was almost Jokerish in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but um, the actor was it Eisenberg? Yeah. He was great at the role that he was doing. I don't think that he was – I don't think it was his fault is what I'm trying to say. I think it was more of a writing and a directing issue because he was acting that particular character perfectly. I, I think that if that character was supposed to be that way, it would have looked great. No one's really complaining about him. They're just complaining about the character. Yeah. You know, and I think that's that's where I'm with on that because I'm, I'm fucking – poor Eisenberg's getting a lot of flack from people and shit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he did great. I mean he's a good actor. It's just like – that character was just weird. Yeah. I did like the scene on the skyscraper though, when he was fucking throwing the uh, the Polaroids at Superman. Yeah, I dug that scene. That was the most Lex Luthor scene in the in the in the movie. Yeah, he's like, I'm winning, you piece of shit. You know, because <laughs> Lex Luthor's done that tons of times, where he thinks he's the man and shit, and then he gets told, and Batman shows up in that cell at the end like a <laughs> fucking boogeyman. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well. Thanks for checking out this week's show. You can subscribe and get this show every Monday downloaded directly to the listening device of your choice. You can even catch uh, us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or Libsyn. Uh, You can even catch our back catalog on those sites as well. If you're old school, you can even go directly to the website, thelazygeeks.com. Hold on, i got to move my on-screen keyboard out of the way. (laughs) A long story. Uh, Also, comment, of course. We want to hear your thoughts, especially since we talked about Batman versus Superman. I'm sure plenty of people want to <laughs> yell at me. Um, you can do that on the any site that Steve just mentioned or, of course, um, our main site, LazyGeeks.com. All right. You can also catch us on social media where you can blast Adam for his views. <laughs> uh, <laughs> your opinion doesn't match mine. You're a fucking soulless bitch. Like, oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Facebook.com slash the Lazy Geeks. Google Plus, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat all under the name the Lazy Geeks, one word. And if you don't want to yell at me on social media, you can definitely send us an email at thegeeks at thelazygeeks.com. 
Um, one point of note, uh, we started this uh, this week or yesterday, when this podcast comes out, uh, we started doing new releases again. So, yeah. uh, uh, so I spruced, I spruced up my fucking game and comic book new release looks <laughs> sexy as fuck. Yeah, dude. Adam's Adam's new releases look really good. Um, I've gone back to doing the movies, DVDs, Netflix, as well as Amazon Prime. So, uh, go ahead and check that out at lazygeeks.com. You can also find me on the interwebs on Twitter at a middle aged geek, Instagram middle aged underscore geek, or you can even check out my blog, themiddleagedgeek.com. Yeah. Uh, so that is it for us this week. Until next week when we are together again. We haven't been together in years, dude. That should, <laughs> that should be fun. All right. You know what's, you know what's real cool? Mm. Is I get paid that Friday. Oh, yeah. So I probably have money in my pocket, too. <laughs> nice. Like, well, we can go up to Wiener Schnitzel and <laughs> I'll pay for my food. Oh, shit. When I lived in L.A., I was – I'm telling the crowd now. I know you already know this. When I lived in L.A., I was super poor. Like, there's poor, and then there's super poor. No, there's Poe. Poe. I can't even afford the fucking art. Right. I'd go over <laughs> to Steve's house, this poor bastard. He's like, I'm hungry. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Just kind of look up at the sky. <laughs> He's like, I'll buy you something. Let's go. You can almost see this little this little tear, like, in the corner of his eye. <laughs> Because you don't want to be like, oh, uh, yeah, you're going to get me something? That's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want people to buy me shit, but, you know, I'm, I'm hungry. Right. And if we're going to walk up there, <laughs> Steve could have been a dick. It's like, I'm getting myself something. You could sit and watch me eat it. <laughs> and then, of course, I'd be like, mm, damn. Oh, this, damn, this shit is good today. <laughs> Dang. You should have tried. Oh. <laughs> Look, I forgot you a broke bitch. Like, oh, God, damn. <laughs> uh, and tune in on Thursday when we drop our cheap seats. Uh, we switched the order up. We're doing the cheap seats this week, and then next week and the week after will be the two-part Star Trek episode. Uh, <laughs> this cheap seats, Kung Fury. Oh yes, wait for that. All right. So until next time, a peace out. This has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network, available only at thelazygeeks.com. Goodbye.